The Comedy Zone Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast for the week of May 5th. I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Thanks for dropping in. We have another great show for you this week. Brian, I fixed it. It's this you week, did. not this well, year. It's well only, done. It, it's May. Uh, <laughs> we're coming to you remotely from around the globe, uh, like one part, one small part of the globe, actually. Um, and uh, life is good. Um, I am busy. I'm working a lot and all. Actually, uh, I mean, I don't want to say too busy. I don't want to jinx it. But finally, it's been slow. So uh, I'm, I'm super happy. And I'm looking at the busiest man uh, in Charlotte, uh, the man behind the curtain. Uh, he, he's on the ones and twos, your favorite producer, Brian Baltashevit. It's great to hey. see you, buddy. It's uh, good to see you too, Jason. Um, and I'm glad to hear that you're working. My uh, schedule slowed down a bit. I got really? to breathe a little bit. As of like today was the first day when I went, I, I don't have to be anywhere. This is pretty great. Wow. So yeah, so I'm actually excited. It's been about, uh, Ian, to, 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 it's been about a month and a half that I've been pretty much nonstop. Uh, so yeah. it's, it was nice to just have a little bit of time to breathe today. And um, I've been I've been dying to tell you, Jason, that um, yeah. while I was doing a lot of work uptown um, over the last month or so, and I have uh, I've become somewhat addicted to riding those scooters around uptown. <gasps> no, and I got you've gone you, to the dark side on <laughs> on on May the fourth. You, you're coming out as on the dark side. Unbelievable. Uh, it, it's a pretty cool way to get around uptown <laughs> if you can get around the near-death experiences every half block or so. Sure. Uh, it, it, it's a decent way to get around town. And I will say, I saw some video of myself on a scooter. I cut a pretty imposing figure at you know a six eight, three hundred and some odd pound guy on a scooter. On a scooter, like yeah. Gold. Let me tell you. <laughs> just like your your back's feeling better so you're like hey let's start let's start taking some chances out there exactly right. i've got health insurance now come on bring it on <laughs> wow good for you i yeah. i won't lie i'm nervous i'm nervous for both you and anyone who's driving anywhere near you i think that's you are an opposing figure you don't need another four inches off the ground and i w I mean, that's the thing. I passed under some uh, kind of low-hanging branches that would have been low-hanging for me anyway <laughs> and almost forgot that, you know, I'm a good four or five inches more off the ground now. So I'm cutting probably a, maybe a six foot 11, six, good seven Lord. feet off the ground. Uh, yeah, I almost took my head off, but I'm okay. We Everything's fine. We see the world from such different perspectives. You can get talk anytime talk? you want. <laughs> Jump in, Ian. Jump oh my in. god, you guys did 35, 45 <laughs> seconds of banter. And I'm your guys, it's just like an episode of Down Abbey over here. What the hell? God damn it. I'm Are Ian, you? I'm the guest on this podcast. Yeah, that's right. I have stories. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna no, we're gonna do it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna properly bring you in. I I okay. love that I've just got chastised. It's amazing. Our special <laughs> guest today, who you may have just heard uh yell at me, uh, is uh, he's an amazing he's one of the busiest people. I know. And I know that's saying that in front of Brian, but 
you are one of the busiest people that I've ever seen. He's an outstanding. Uh, you notice he's not saying successful. He's saying busy, <laughs> right, busy, yeah, not right, six. Exactly. Don't yeah. confuse activity with progress. <laughs> Be an neighbor. Yeah, okay. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, you are a huge success. You're also a writer, comedy show producer, national finance, and NBC stand up for diversity. And of course, you perform at every club, college, music venue, where like pretty much everywhere there's comedy. You, you, it's an addiction. It's an addiction for you. You can catch his comedy on Sirius XM Radio and Audible or any number of festivals across the country. Uh, he's open for some of the best comedians literally ever. He's also um, has a new podcast, Straight People, uh, a minor look at the majority uh, it's a half hour interviews with queer and straight people uh, about straight culture and society that's that's not enough guys he's also the host and co-producer i have to <laughs> parentheses <laughs> parentheses if there is such a thing about straight culture if there is such a thing sorry okay oh did i miss that is that is Maybe, that really I, part of it i don't i don't know if it's on everything but it should be oh i love it okay all right i may i may have missed that straight this, culture, this is quite... if there is such a thing yes okay sorry, sorry. okay I, I love that's okay Carry that's all right my accolades <laughs> you have several long-running shows in Atlanta, including, I mean, there's just so many, of them, but the don't one I would, don't list those I'm not going to, almost all of them have been canceled. So let's have not. they, well, I'm no, listening. We're coming. That was a pandemic. Pandemic. That was a pre-pandemic bio. So I okay. <laughs> sweet, sweet baby cheeses, canceled. a grilled cheese of comedy is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. It's you heard funny. him. He's already hysterical. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ian Abair to the podcast. Hello, Thank Ian. You. Good Thank to see you, you buddy. I, did you realize I was going to come as a hostile witness? You didn't know. I love it. <laughs> no such thing. You're fantastic. Um, well, I'm glad you you're chiming that. in. I appreciate that. I, I like to I call can. what you described as being booked and blessed. Okay. I'm booked and I'm nice. blessed. I stay busy. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I love Well, we, we, uh, oh, well, we admire. Yeah. I mean, we admire the hustle that, that to me is like, is so much part of this game and you, yep. you have it enough for, for 10 people. Cause I I've see been, it. I've know? been doing this long enough where every time someone introduces me Atlanta, I'm a pillar of the community. I'm a staple. <laughs> uh, this old fucker won't stop. You know, like whatever. This guy, I had a couple of those uh, words in there. I just didn't uh, get to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, but it's true time, though. As a pillar of the community, I'm like, if I am I a load bearing pillar? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I'm gay. Get it? <laughs> okay. All right. Ah, All right. That's yep. perfect. <laughs> well, listen, we're, we're so glad that you're on the podcast because I think Charlotte being so close to Atlanta that and this is something that I'm doing. I'm coming down too close. Some would I, say some would say that <laughs> Charlotte is too close to Atlanta. Some would say Atlanta is too close swap, to Charlotte. I don't could know. We swap Wilmington and Charlotte. <laughs> like I would love Wilmington to be four hours a little closer. Away, and I would like yeah. Charlotte to be 95 hours away or however far <laughs> Wilmington is. Wilmington is so insanely far. I hate North Carolina, by the way. Because it's such a Do long you? state. Yeah, it's like one of those like, yeah. like, have you, like, have you ever seen a dick that's like, it's really long, but it's also super skinny. So it's like, that's just going to, I mean, I can get stuff out of my teeth with that, but it's not going to do anything for me. That's <laughs> most Carolina. days, Ian. That's your question. Most days I see that. Okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, do you, you, I know that uh, you and I work together in Charlotte. So I know you come up here, but I don't I've think it's very often. I've been a few often. times over. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was actually in Asheville. I mostly go to Asheville. Oh, Asheville right seems to be the yeah. closest. And I and I knew some folks in Charlotte like pre-pandemic, so I did a few things. Um, yeah. I've done that commie zone. I did like the NBC auditions that I think yeah. maybe that's where we met. Um, yeah, that's and right. I've done like like Blair had a couple showcases, yeah. so kind of stuff like that. But I've never been able to like get a weekend at the at the zone or anything. But um, I've always had yeah. fun. I've always loved coming. 
and uh, I did that's the great. evening news a couple times over the years. Ah, so. that's that's what you know. That's my favorite place. Yeah, I love yeah. the evening news. That's yeah. that's where it's at. And also, I love Asheville. I like to get up there as, as much as I can. So Asheville is uh, going to be a lot of fun if they're not too yeah. high. If the audience is too high, <laughs> they'll just nod and smile at all your jokes. You're like, I drove three and a half hours for this. For you to nod yeah, but, and smile. <laughs> they get real comfortable. Yeah, they, uh, they, they were, I had people come up to me after their show recently and they were like, oh, we really enjoyed it. Our, we were just, our edibles had just kicked in. I was like, okay, <laughs> like, don't make me anti-drugs now. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, well, yeah, that is awesome. It's like, look, my edible kicked in too, but I still did my job. <laughs> right. Every every market has has those things you need to get over, and the, and Asheville's oh, yeah. just happens to be that. You know that's yep. fine. Absolutely. Well, listen, did you start? Did you start doing doing stand up in Atlanta? This is, this is a double question. Like, I did. did you start in Atlanta? And and kind of what's the origin? Did you start when you were like very very young in school? I was being bit a class by clown a radioactive and... spider, <laughs> and my uncle Ben died at an open mic, and he was like, oh, no. oh, great setups. Some great punchlines, and I was like, "I got it! I'll do it, Uncle Ben, for you." Um, that's a Spider-Man reference, not a racist rice reference. I just want to be clear. I'm okay. not Uncle Ben's rice. No, I started. Uh, so I was born. If we're going to do the whole origin story, yeah, uh, I think I was we should. Born, I, so I came out when I was like 18, and I probably had I been straight, I would have started stand up like then, because I've always been mm. like a super fan of stand stand up comedy. I think in oh, jokes. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my, yeah. I'm just one of those people that's like everything. How do you turn it into a rule of three? How is it? Do you turn it into a misdirect or whatever? Yeah. Um, but I didn't start stand up until I was like 38. Uh, so t- about 10 okay. years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's in the I ballpark of, of me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So super late to the game, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't think I'd be any good because I, I was always being told how funny I was. Um, but it was always like I would roll my eyes or make a comment in, at work. And all the subordinates would laugh, but all the managers would get all upset with me all the time. Um, so it never worked in my favor. So finally, I was like, I'm going to do stand-up. I'm, I'm going to prove that I, this is not for me. And I took a class. And the guy who taught Love the class, it. when I was writing jokes, he was like, you're not going to get on stage and talk about being gay, are you? And I was like, yeah. I mean, what the fuck else would I do? What? He was like, that's not going to uh, whatever. So he convinced uh. me, or basically was like, write all those jokes like they're my wife my wife my wife and you really have to do them as your husband your husband like you know whatever and so i wrote like this whole set of like my wife debbie or whatever and uh um and then the night that we had the graduation i just did the other jokes i, I wrote them I, I wrote a whole yeah. other set that was like my husband and blah, 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 you know whatever wow um, that's amazing that's heartbreaking yeah. by the way to hear that whatever. Like, and, like and infuriating and he, he yeah but had, still it sucks he was like if you want to get booked you, you should write x kind of set and so i'm not mad about it because I, he still taught me how to write a joke or at least the like sure. functions of like rule three misdirect bread sure crumbs, right right brevity all the shit that you you know he taught me how to take the mic out of the mic yeah. stand so i'll owe him forever for that right um yeah but, uh, <laughs> well you were never gonna figure it out you'd be standing behind the mic 10 years later yeah. you know but then I went around for like a while, like a couple months where I would every other, so I'd go out a couple nights a week, maybe four nights a week. And every other time I got up, I would do my straight set and then my gay set and then just to really? see which one was people would like more. And then finally after about, I don't know, about two months of that, uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was a comic came up to me and they were like, Hey, uh, I just, we're just curious. What the fuck is going on with you? <laughs> are you gay? Are you straight? What are you doing? Right. And, uh, and they weren't like, you're funny or the jokes are good. They were just like, we're, we got a bet going on. Are you, what? And, uh, so I just started doing the gay stuff, which was probably for the best. Right. 
Uh, um, I mean, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's sort of my. It's, it's a <laughs> it's a very meager beginning. But so, but I yeah. did. I, I I from the time that I took the class and got up for the first time, to to where I was getting up every night of the week was about six months. And then once I started wow. getting up as much wow. as I could, I got past the laughing skull. Um, and then you know I was the resident laughing skull, and then I started getting booked out of town. Then I did the NBC thing. Um, then I've done colleges yeah. and all that. And then you know now I run my own shows, produce my own shows. I book for the laughing yeah. skull their showcases. Um, and then I myself am in demand as a comic. Um, right. I, I get into festivals a lot. I'm really good at getting into festivals. <laughs> like I'm yeah, doing yeah. Limestone and Come Take It this month. Um, yeah, right. And uh, Limestone, this is my third time getting okay. in, which is not a, a unless you're from any you know Indiana, it's probably not very common. Um, but right. I always send in new stuff. And, the, and what I love about a, a festival like Limestone is it's their um, audience members that watch all the tapes. So it's not, oh, the, wow. uh, it's not like a comedian, a panel of comedians letting me through. It's the actual people who are going to watch the shows that weekend. Well, I uh, didn't know have, that. That's interesting. I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, I voted for you. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Um, but wow. yeah, yeah, so I'm super excited. So they vote for you and then they get, then they come and see you at the, yeah. And then you're like, the festival you shit? like now, I, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so the, that's a really interesting uh, story, man. Like that, like how you, but go ahead. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 no. And when I first started too, like in Atlanta, there weren't a lot of gay comics, like even 10 years ago, it sounds so quaint now to talk about it this way, but like <laughs> I, the, the, what I got a lot of was, Oh, you're a really funny gay comic. You should start a gay show at the gay club and be part of the gay scene, right? And so, like, I did that, and it was sort of a, um, it wasn't like a really productive suggestion. It was like a straight person figuring out where I belonged in the yeah. in the scene that you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm a novelty. Yeah. Um, so I did right, that for right. a while, and uh, and I, at one point I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do shows and market them to everybody and book whoever I want on them. It's not just going to be the gay people. And uh, once I started doing that, I started really seeing a, a different kind of success. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, then you know, for years, I ran a, an open mic at, the, uh, at a gay bar, like a Thursday kind of party mic. It was like a late night. Uh, we yeah. would do stand up, um, a lot of bucket spots. So people would come for the last minute spots yeah. and then a karaoke dance party at the end of every show. Oh, wow. Uh, which I would leave when they would like the minute they started having a good time. I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> good times, not for comics. No, we I, love, get I love a late night Thursday show for whatever reason. Like that's my that's my favorite. Like I have one at church yeah. bar, uh, Sister Louisa's. Yeah. Uh, that's yep. like every second and fourth Thursday. And it's like the to me, the funnest show. It's a bar show. So it's like a real pain in the ass to run it and keep everybody quiet. Uh, yeah. But when it when the room is good it might be one of the best rooms in Atlanta right now. That's not a club. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's good, so it's hot. It's like, woo. you know, like, Oh my, yeah. I was there. What? Four months ago or something like that for, for that, that show yes, we were doing a couple right. of things yeah, and it was yeah. fantastic. Okay, I mean, it good. was just what I loved about it was exactly, exactly what you're saying. Like the energy was there, but the crowd was good that night. So we saw like yeah. a good version of it, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. still felt like, not rowdy, but it was like, it was warm and there was yeah. so many people and it was just like, everyone was so, it, it felt like, uh, I don't know, like a rock, like a rock and roll comedy show. If that makes sense. It's I get like it. Everyone and, was and hyped. It's, it's like, know, it it's always sort of a rowdy show and some mm-hmm. weeks I, it's, a, it's unmanageable. We have, I have, sure. I have, a, I have a host and two other producers. So we have like, so there's three of us who are sort of running the room and some weeks it's just like, we can't get the fucking comics to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then some weeks it's the audience won't fucking laugh or whatever it is. 
Right. And then, and then a lot of times somebody sets off the goddamn fire alarm. Like there's a, there's a, <laughs> and it, it happens a lot. It's like, yeah. and then so it's the a weeks, big place too. So the weeks I mean, where there's like 50 or 60 people in the room and there's a shit ton of comics behind the stage and nobody opens the fire alarm and the audience laughs. <laughs> it's like an amazing, like I, I hosted the other night and it, during my host set, they were popping so hard at the jokes. It sounded like a TV. It sounded like a late night set. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it just. Oh, wow. Was, I said I would go bah, 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 and they go ah, and then like the first comic we put on, they freaked out. They were like, uh, "This guy Mark Kendall. Have you ever met Mark from Atlanta? I don't think He's so. Like an hmm. improviser, sketch actor guy who also does stand up, and right a lot of his stand up is like little mini characters, but it's amazing. And he like just he used yeah. to be the fill in host when I so I did that show before the pandemic. Uh, in the in the other room because it used to be just that one because that the, the the space we're in at church was annexed it was another restaurant yeah um, right 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 yeah, I yeah. Heard that, yeah so but he used to run he would fill in and, and come as a dressed as a preacher and bring an organist and <laughs> really? put on a whole crazy show um so he opened and wow. uh it was yeah it was really good last week so I'm I'm I think we're due a bad one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're waiting for that other shoe to drop all the time it's That's like exactly one in three right. Like one is amazing, one's okay, and then one's like, "Why the fuck are we doing this?" And then it reboots <laughs> over, and yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. And this is the thing that uh, I will say, talking about Charlotte and, and Atlanta. Charlotte needs a little bit more of that. We yeah. we had it. We were really getting to a decent spot before the pandemic, and and just everything kind of just got washed away, just like downstream, which is a shame. But yeah, but I think a lot that, of stuff that went away in Atlanta. That but new stuff yeah. has popped up. New promoters, yeah. new venues, new iterations. Of shows that already yeah. existed so yeah that's that's what's good here it's like the landscape's just so different there's so many independent yeah. shows now it's kind of insane the, really the brewery uh scene i will call it uh in charlotte is huge every yeah. brewery is doing something that's and good. most of them want to do comedy yeah. uh outside of uh, oftentimes the the shape of the room it doesn't help in, in terms of audio but they're just they're packed with people it's the yeah. new version of the corner bar yeah you know like like you know 30 years ago, the corner bar was, especially in the North where, where I'm from, that was a big deal. So you, all the people were going to be there anyway. So it's whatever entertainment you brought to them. Yeah. Well, that's like, I noticed, that, like I used to spend time like working in like Boston and Chicago about just how many more bars there are in general, yeah. like neighborhood corner bars. Cause there's nowhere to go. And it's wintertime. If you want to be out of your yeah. house, you're going to a bar. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that, it's not quite the same in the South, but, but in a way, yeah, yeah, like, you're right. you've got to be in, in the summertime, you have to be in air conditioning. You can't just be outside. Totally. Yeah. So it's sort of the same. In the north, survive. they're they're very uh, there's they're sad and angry and yeah. and drunk. So that's yeah. other thing about yeah. about in the, the north. South, I don't need to be up there. And angry and drunk. Um, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. They're still sad, too, but um, nobody cares because they're so racist. You know, like um, yeah. Well, everybody. I do love. Something. I do love it. I think that like a show like a Thursday late night and like to me the two mm -hmm. the the Thursday people party on Thursdays. I know that for when uh, the whole time I was a student, the whole time I was in my twenties and early thirties, I would go out on yep. Thursday nights. And so I, I just believe that Thursday after 10 o'clock should be a fun time. And so there should be a comedy show then. Um, and I feel that way about Sundays too, because Sundays are like such a sad, like everybody has to go back to work the next day. And I've tried, yeah, for, yeah. I've tried under several instances to get a Sunday, like eight o'clock, nine o'clock show going to no success. So anytime yeah. I'm in a city that has like a good Sunday show, I'm like, God bless you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like uh, Alex Price has a great show in Indy, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, that's yeah. like that. Um, 
Can't remember. I've never performed in Indianapolis. I've never yeah. been, I've actually never been there. It's pretty fun. I gotta get out there. Good, Tom. Yeah, sounds like it. With limestone and how they're doing things out there, that's pretty cool. Yeah, limestone. Well, what, is great. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm curious, like what uh, you know, what are your uh, where are you going? What 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 goals do you have? I know that you're you know you're a writer and obviously a, a very talented comedian. You work, like I said, really hard. You're putting on all these shows. You're literally booking like famous clubs, like like Laughing Skull. Like, mm-hmm. is this uh, are you like really spot on where you want to be? Are you trying to write for shows? What do you want to do? Um, I would. I mean, if I had my way, I would love a true consideration to be a new face because i feel like that that's that was sort of my trajectory when i got the yeah. finals for stand up NBC, and i had a lot of people industry-wise saying oh yeah this is something that could happen for you and i just never felt like that the person who was running it really liked me or queer people very much so uh-huh. this year i'm in the running but we'll see what happens um that's exciting I like, that's i would like to write for like a tv show so i've i've written a couple of pilots well, i've written three in, in original pilots and then I'm working on like writing spec scripts and just writing every day, mostly. Um, Excellent. And uh, yeah, I just want to, I would love to, I'd like to make a living no matter what that looks like doing stand-up comedy. So like, I would yeah. like to start doing, I'm trying to get into do cruises, like gay cruises as much of that kind of uh, money. Um, I'm right. thinking about trying yeah. to get back into colleges. Um, I feel like that the industry, it's like, it's so youth oriented that sometimes like, you know, no matter how good you are, if you're not 20 something, the, the the person considering you is not going to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Which is an interesting fact times. about that because young people that I, based on all the places that I've been to are usually the, one of the smallest percentages of the audience. Oh, so well, always- and also the, the audience doesn't care how old anybody is. As long as you're relatable, sure. you could be a thousand years old. If the jokes are funny and that they're not about things that they're just have no interest in. They're gonna laugh, and yeah, almost, I agree. almost my my audience is like under thirty. Like really, like the right. people who come to see me regularly are straight people under thirty years old, not gay people my age, which is what I was told. I was told, "Oh, you're a yeah. bear, go after the bear crowd." Da da da. And I and I tried that a little bit. It just wasn't really for me because it's like I don't want to tell jokes about like, oh, these are all things we all know. I would just be repeating things that they've all said to each other in a way. You know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's a, and there are people, there's folks who are doing that, who are like, they make their whole career only doing comedy to gay people. And that's great, but it's like, they could never go like do the seller or something. You know what I'm saying? It's like what sure. they're doing is so tailored to, and it's probably more theatric than it is truly just stand up comedy. It's more of a, a, a one man show type of vibe. It, um, it, it does beg the question, like, why would you want to pigeonhole yourself like that? Right. Well, I don't I believe mean, that stand-up com- like so. I like to me like there's no, there's way more queer comics than there's ever been before, and there's way more audience that's queer. But I believe that like so like in Atlanta we do very few queer only shows. There are a couple, but like every show I produce and, and at the Laughing Skull every weekend there are queer people in the audience. So it's like I, that's that's what was missing all the whole time. Like in gotcha. the, like Payne and I, when I was, my husband, we've been married for like 22 years before I ever started stand up. date night was going to the punchline to go watch sure. stand up comedy. Cause I love stand up comedy. And more than once we would go to a show and leave because the opener or whoever was so homophobic and not funny. Cause like, if it's yeah. funny, I'll laugh. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure, bad about that. I'm bad in that way is that if it's a real joke, um, you'll, you'll at least get me laughing. And then yeah. I may object to the, to the content later, 
but you'll if it's a real joke you've you got me because it's that's the whole sure. that's what we're doing that's um, kind of that's that is kind of feels like the i don't think there was having. a lot of gay audience like so even the, the show i was talking about at church the guy who mm-hmm. owns church uh, is a gay man who i've known for a long time and he was rest uh, really reticent to have any comedy in his in his venue because it's a very pro-gay it's like everyone's welcome there but it's sort of it's pretty much a gay bar i guess i don't know it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a gay bar that straight people are allowed in uh and right. uh <laughs> which aren't they all that's what that's what every space should be run by yeah, gays right. and straights are allowed in you know whatever's reasonable like four by the way w- one of my favorite words that i keep hearing a lot is call it straights uh, I hear straights a lot, and I yeah. think that's the funniest thing in the world. It's straights. It's it's. So bring back I don't know. Straights? The straights. Uh, yeah, yeah, my straight. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Jen Snyder, she's one of my favorite comics, and she's always you straights, you straighties. The and it's, I just yeah, yeah. I love straighties. it so much. It's really I heard funny. a comic anyway. say straggots the other day, and I was like, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, <laughs> I'll allow it. Oh my god, that's great. He said, "Who let all these goddamn straggots in here?" And I was like. Huh? <laughs> Get this bitch another. Get her a cocktail. (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, That's excellent. These Kansas City (laughs) straggots. I love it. But um, but uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, that he Uh, didn't like stand up, and so I was like, "Well, let us have one show, and I'll book a like a you know, I'll show you what stand up looks like now." Because he's like thinking about like you know, I you know, I don't want to pick on anybody from the '90s, so but you know, some straight guy in the '90s saying fag all the time or whatever, and so we did one show, and he was like yeah this is an art form yes this is like uh uh you know women positive uh people of color positive queer positive and it's still funny and white people and white men can still be involved you know what i mean that's what i think i think that like you know it's not like i want to have like somebody who's like the dissonant voice in in a lineup but you can Mm -hmm. put a lineup full of people that have different views and it will balance itself out in my opinion i think I think that some people get mad. They're like, if you put one straight guy that says something that nobody, you know, everyone gets mad at, then, you know, this guy, oh. I'm like, well, that's diversity though, right? Like we still, like diversity isn't that we just replace all the, you know, all the voices sure. we don't like with faces we like. It's that we keep, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's something to the fact, and again, this is a, a topic we talk about a lot on this show is producing shows and, and, if you produce a good show, if you put on comics who are who you think are pros and 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 they've sort of been around long enough to learn, you know, how to do these things the right way, all the things you're saying right there, I think that's a huge part of what you're talking about is you've cultivated the the scene, the the and literally that room to accomplish what you're what you're talking about. It's it's yeah. I feel like every time some we get we get in trouble as comics. It's so many times it's somebody who's just an, a knucklehead and an idiot who doesn't really get it. And is, and oh, is absolutely. It's just bad behavior. It's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, I always say it's like comedy first and then vibe second. You know what I mean? So like yeah. everybody has to be funny. Um, sometimes you're trying somebody out. Sometimes you're giving somebody a break and that, that happens. Sure. You have to. And that, and I, and I, and, and also again, like that church show, that's what I use that for. That's like my very base. Cause anybody yeah. can come and get a spot on that. If you put your name in the bucket, so like I may not know you or want to fuck with you yet, but if you get your name in the bucket and you have a good set in front of that audience, I know that's not guaranteed because they're a hard audience. So if you do well, then you've got my attention now. All of a sudden, you yeah. know what I mean? And Brilliant. I don't have to book you. You don't have to convince me. I just see you and go, wow, you know. And yeah. uh, and I think that that's something that like that we don't we think of when people don't run shows, they don't think about what are the shows for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like. Some shows are for, I got to make some money. Some shows are, this is, seems like a really good, like we do a hot legs contest 
where all the comics do comedy in shorts. It's a stupid, oh, interesting. stupid show, but it's a lot. <laughs> I don't of mind fun. a theme show. Yeah, no, I don't mind fun. a theme show. It's a, and yeah. everybody, and it's not a ton of comedy, so it's like everybody does four minutes, and then for a minute, you show off your legs while I play music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's a dumb, but it's it's right. like I got to do a show like that every few months to to take the taste out of my mouth of all of this like you know seriousness that that seems to permeate yeah. around every bit of comedy like you know especially the people who feel like they they should be booked on things that they're not booked on i mean you know you listen to them and it's the you know it's the it's the tragedy of of freaking Macbeth over there (laughs) (laughs) oh you must see it you must see that that uh just that heartbreak and and this the disgruntled comic who just knows that they're amazing and they're just not getting that spot that's that's a tough place Yeah. yeah That they'll do that they'll literally do everything but sit down and write a fucking joke um <laughs> to get on a show you know what i mean it's like, true they'll do, they'll do so anything but it. examine their act at all <laughs> and even the most minimal capacity uh yeah but you know what i've also learned though and it really wore me out like so like i've been booking for a, so i booked for almost a solid year and then we had the pandemic and the mm-hmm. club was essentially closed for the entirety of that and then we came back in march and it was sort of like we're gonna do one show and then we're going to, oh, we're going to do three shows this weekend. And then it was like, we're back full time, seven days a week. Hurry up. Book right. everybody. Um, and, and not everyone had come back. So like there was this little sweet spot, like in, in March, April and May, where I didn't have the entirety of the Atlantic comedy scene back and active wanting spots <laughs> at the Laughing Skull. I had yeah. about half and I was able to give all these people like lots. And then out of town is coming through lots of time. And now yeah. where we are is, is that they are just there. Like, even if I wanted to. I couldn't give everybody in Atlanta a spot every month on the laughing skull. There's no way we don't have enough right. spots. Anymore. This is sure. This, and that reality it's taking a while for it to sink into some folks. Um, and then other folks will just never accept it. Uh, but what I've learned is, right. is that, like, I, I sort of took it personally a little bit last year. Uh, mm. it, it, it sort of got on my nerves. It was, it wore me down over the course of the year. And sure. when I came out of the other side of that being upset about it is that I can't please everybody. Um, and the people who seem to be the least yeah. pleased um, are, I don't, there's nothing I could do in either direction. There's no, there's no amount of spots I could give them that would ever right. be enough. And yeah. so I might as well just keep doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, you're not my priority. I'll prioritize who's funny and who's fun to work with and who's great to be yeah. around. And then when I get, when we get back to having, cause we used to have like 10, like, or I'm sorry, like five or six satellite monthly shows. So that was another 50 or 60 spots every month. Yeah. And that's where a lot of, a lot of folks got, uh, you know, you get once at the skull, you get two at these other venues or whatever it is. Um, And so when we get back to that, then I'll be able to book everybody probably the same way. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm going to be in someone's biography as the gatekeeper that suppressed their genius. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe I am, maybe I am, but I bet you what, of all the people that, of that feel that way, if one of them is truly a genius and I'm suppressing them, the rest aren't. And I'm doing my job the way I'm supposed to be doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. like, and, I don't think, I don't think. And vice, a and vice versa for, yeah, yeah. for everybody that you're the, you know, that you're, you know, quote unquote, shutting down or not giving them the opportunity, you're opening the door for so many other people. So that, I mean, yeah. that, that door swings. Well, and also ways, like you know? a lot of folks, it's just not, you're not, uh, you're, you're not, it's not, you're not my priority right today. It's just, you're not my priority right now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. your yeah, day's coming. Yeah. You're de- like, if I, there's, I can't ignore when people get better. There's, I, there's, I, I that's yeah. against my DNA. Um, and then there's sure. sometimes people, it's like you get better, but it's like, well, but you're so shitty backstage. You're so, 
Like yep. every time I hear your oh. name, it's be, you're out there complaining about this and complaining. It's like that doesn't make anybody want to be around you. Sorry, I just, you, you're you know, hitting it. It's yeah. a it's another common theme is yep. is be a good hang. Like, yeah. be, be a pro in the green room it's, that's as important as being a pro on your, stage like have your little yeah. group of friends and make sure none of them goes around and tells everybody what you fucking say you know right. i mean that's not that hard you know like i complain sure. i have compl- I, and over the years i've been that person who's like i'm a genius why haven't i been blah, blah, blah. but i <laughs> kept that to my fucking you know like I, right I, of course i didn't go tell that to every single person like there are people who are like literally that's that's what they're waiting to say every time they're having a conversation like yeah. oh i saw you got booked to the skull well ian doesn't book me blah, blah, blah. and i probably even should be talking about this god damn it i normally never i <laughs> ah, got him the most got him. <laughs> just tag atlanta com post this in the atlanta comic group <laughs> um, excellent but we do have a great uh, we have a great crop of talent so we have we have all these oh like, yeah we have a lot of folks who came back from the from the pandemic with better sets stronger comics we had some folks fall off we had some folks uh who started during the pandemic who are the new batch they're the new group and like i think a lot of folks came back like a lot of folks who kind of quit for the duration of the pandemic and then came back and didn't realize oh no there were people going the whole time it's like a little threatening to them you know what i mean but to me i'm like no no this is the natural order you know like we gotta you have to to find we have to find somewhere to put these guys and, and develop them and and that's what I do a lot of it's that. Like, like I have a, like a resident at the, at that church show. So yeah. they're on every show for six months. And uh, recently, oh, wow. the, guy, the guy that we've been doing with his name's Eric Tillman. And he is okay. like a newer comic who I kind of saw right when I came back and I've had him host the show. I've had him run the show, set up all the sound, like, you know, handle everything, every aspect oh, of it. Uh, he's going to close one of them doing 20 minutes. It'll probably be oh. like maybe the second or third time he's done 20 minutes. Um, and then the next month we're going to, or the next six months, we're going to have PJ Adenzia. It's a trans comic, super funny. Um, they, they are just like one of the sharpest little joke writers. And it's like giving yeah. somebody an appointment. You, every two weeks, you got to come and bring something new and you yeah. got to learn how to sh- run the show with us. You're basically, you, like, you've got a, things. you're creating a farm system there. I mean, you're bit, literally giving bit. these people yeah, these yeah. opportunities. It's brilliant. Well, that's Absolutely what, that's brilliant. what uh, uh, Star Bar was doing. They, they yep. have a regular program where they have two they have two or three regulars who are on every show for six months the really? last okay. call has a residency where you can be on every show for a month um wow, so it's like i love that you, you, i'm just continuing that tradition it's like it, and it does help it, it really does help you develop like you pick one person and so it's like you know i'm i'm looking i have my eyes on probably about 10 people right now that are okay. are coming up but i picked one and i said okay this person i'm gonna teach him how, everything i know to the degree you know what i mean and yeah it's really I can tell, it's really I can smart tell he's like he's going to go off and start his own shows and they'll be great. And he'll know how to run them. And yeah. he'll understand, you know what I mean? He'll understand the seriousness of it. And uh, so that's, that's really brilliant. You, you sound like a, like a pillar of the community. If I'm being honest, <laughs> uh, hey, this is a, this is a good time for us to take a quick break. Um, I know everyone's loving this conversation. If you want to learn more about Ian Aber, go to comedyian.com. That's comedy. I a N.com for a ton of information on what Ian is doing. You can see all kinds of stuff on there. Also this weekend at the comedy zone Thursday, through Saturday night. You can catch Brendan Schaub. He'll be here as always. Go to cltcomedyzone.com for a full schedule and uh, we'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. 
clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome, everybody, back to the Comedy Zone podcast. We are having a great time, a great conversation with Ian Bear. Uh, if you're ever in Atlanta, he would love to hear from you. And he'll, <laughs> he'll put you on all the different shows that he's working on. As if all of the, the work that you do uh, with all these different shows and, and your own performances and traveling and all that kind of stuff, you decided that uh, you weren't busy enough and, and you started doing doing podcasts, uh, one in particular called Straight People. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I would love to. I'd love to hear what that is about because I know I messed it up in the beginning. But um, wh- why a podcast? Why this podcast? Like, give us kind of the rundown what, what you were thinking there. Well, um, this is actually so I've been doing. I've done that podcast off and on for a few years. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm bringing it back, and uh, it is a the the I guess the theme. I don't know what you call it for a podcast. It is a podcast about uh, straight culture, straight people. Um, and uh, how that intersects with uh, sexuality, uh, both on a sexual level and a sociological level, um, but funny, but funny. Okay, <laughs> got the description it, got sounds it. So, very droll, but it's basically like, <laughs> what do you think? Are you know gay or straight? Poodles? Are they gay or straight? Answer me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's roller, really, that's awesome. Roller skates, roller disco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just shout things at people and make them say gay or straight. Um, <laughs> And then, like, if you're I, a straight person, that. you're like, what you don't, what y'all don't realize about yourselves, but I tell you every week in my podcast, is that y'all don't know you're straight <laughs> until you know what gay is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just born mm. normal, whole and complete, perfect, gotcha. if you will. Um, <laughs> and then you learn of the crooked path, if you will. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> the, uh, the path sinister or whatever. It is. Right. About gayness, right. about butt fucking, all that stuff. Uh, titty, right. titty, titty pumpkins. Um, and, uh, and so what I do is like, cause you, when you ask me, when you talk to a gay person, you're like, Oh, when did you know you were gay? Meh, you know, or when did you come out? When did you tell your parents that you like to suck? That, that's why your breast smells like that. It's cause right. you've been all these dicks. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. With yeah. a straight person, what we do is we talk about like, what was your access to queerness? So like, was it a, was it you and your friends calling each other gay slurs, playing smear the queer? Was it a movie? Like for me, like I think right. my first real true gay wow. Like I like I knew it was talking about gay people and that it was that gay people like it was supposed to be a bad thing but it was also funny was Blazing Saddles so like the end of Blazing Saddles I'm like oh, <laughs> oh I need to get my ass to Kansas there City you know what I mean <laughs> uh, immediately because it sounds like it's a lot of fun but um, but uh, that kind of thing so that's sort of the the conceit yeah. of it so and it's fun and sometimes what I do is uh, I'll sometimes people will go oh I love gay culture and I'll be like oh really. And then I'll quiz them down, like on the spot during the podcast. <laughs> ask them like somebody. I had somebody who was like, "Oh, I love RuPaul's Drag Race," and I was like, "Are you prepared to answer these twenty-five in-depth questions that only a fan would know?" And they were like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh <laughs> but eat, but eat, yeah." <laughs> so it's, it, That's it, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and they're mostly a half hour. Occasionally, they're a little longer. Like some people just, yeah. you know, they can't. Especially anytime it's somebody who's like they're coming out as bisexual. It, it lasts like 45 minutes they just can't shut up about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh how special oh you're bisexual go on you know um but uh yeah yeah so it's a lot of fun and i'm just bringing it i think back. i think 
and, and oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to say uh, that's okay. Yeah, I was going to say the, the and, humor, and, the humor of anything. I think is like <laughs> Brian's making fun of me. They bring adding humor to anything is like that that spoonful of sugar, right? Like this yeah. is how we can talk about this and have fun as long as everyone knows we're bringing humor to it. The sense of humor, not to say that the conversations don't get serious. As I assume. Absolutely, yeah, and and sometimes people like to come and be like, you know, I was touched or whatever, and I'm like, we only got 20 minutes, honey, and I got to ask you like 20 <laughs> hilarious <laughs> questions, so you got three minutes to talk about <laughs> your trauma. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, oh, those are the episodes we don't release. But um, <laughs> and then and then some people get real tripped up on the gay straight part of it, where I'm like, is that gay or is that straight? And I can do a little bit of that with you if you'd like. You want to see? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay. So sure. Jason. You're a heterosexual, correct? I am, yes. Okay, let me see your papers. Do you have your your heterosexual <laughs> vax card? Okay, uh, so this is these are <laughs> these are some questions that I would ask a straight man on straight people. Okay, awesome. Why do straight men draw dicks on everything? Uh, why does why, does, why do straight I, men? I, so you notice how lesbians don't draw pussies on everything? They could, yeah, they could totally right. do that, but they don't. So why do straight men draw dicks on everything? I will say I think it's some there's something funny about it. Yeah. I don't know if it's the shape and that, that it's hanging off your body. I think that's kind of funny. That would okay. be my, my my instinct is to go to what's funny and you know draw a vein and some hair. That's a riot. Okay. Be. All right. So funny. All right. I'll give you one. Brian, I'll Brian, you, you gonna jump in, Brian? Yeah, what's Brian. Your... What you got, Brian? Yeah, I would agree that there's uh, 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 that there is something funny about the shape. I always I can't help but laugh. You know what's hilarious is how they feel in your mouth. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> okay so now i'm just going to go through a few now this is just my podcast okay, okay. um i'm going to say an i an activity or item and you just tell me gay or straight okay. and you can give me why if you want but you don't have to just, okay okay paintball straight okay laser tag <laughs> I think that's straight too. I'm going okay. straight. Okay. Laser tag sounds gay, but it is straight. You're absolutely right. <laughs> okay. Um baseball. Uh straight. Fast pitch softball. <laughs> okay, I guess. Okay. You're scared to say what's gay and what's straight. French <laughs> toast. It's gay. Okay. Avocado toast. That's gay. Just burnt bread is gay to you. Okay. Champagne. <laughs> Champagne toast. Which is a tink. Yeah, right. I think that's straight. That's okay. celebratory. Poodles. <laughs> they're straight because they're mean, actually. French bulldogs. Straight. But inbred. Straight but inbred. Um, biscuits. <laughs> uh, biscuits. Southern, Southern. American Southern, Southern biscuits. Straight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> straight. Then, <laughs> not, not English dry biscuits. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. Which are gay. Uh, beignets. Uh is it weird if I don't know what a beignet is? Why can't I think of what a beignet is? It's right homophobic now? that you don't know what a beignet is. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually anti-francophile that you don't. Is it, a beignet is a fried dough uh, pastry that you get in New Orleans uh, with uh, powdered sugar on it at the Cafe Du Monde. Gotcha. You okay. Never okay. A cup of chicory coffee okay. and a beignet so. at the Cafe Du Monde. Oh, of course. In New Orleans, no, no. Okay, I, I'm there. I, that 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 did it for me. That did it. Okay. 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 Yeah, I'll go gay. Sure. <laughs> So that's it. That's the whole. That's, <laughs> that's the a riot. And that's that's it. fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And that that inspires like conversations and jokes and all that kind of stuff. I'm I mean, sure. if I book the right person, it does. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like if you're if you're a piece of wet veal, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I was I was a, wet, I I was a piece of wet veal for a couple of those. I could have. I've got you know. I've got like fifty four episodes, and I forty. Oh, that's awesome. Forty six of them are pretty good, and then there's just eight out there where I'm like, they asked me to be on, so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. I think that's fantastic, man. Well, thank you. Love I appreciate it. it. Very, it's a lot. It's a stuff. lot of fun. It's uh, unfortunately, like what I've realized now, now that I've been doing it for a while, is that this is not the kind of podcast that people like get all excited about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people, like I, the podcast that people seem to get excited about, it's like two or three three comedians, like, and whatever dumb fucking opinion they have this week about whatever fucking is happening. You know what I mean? And I, it's yeah. not that. It's more of like a little. It's like a little NPR type interviews, really, like a little with my yeah. sense of humor and um. And it's it's good. It's what's weird is is that my my biggest listenership is in India. So I've been really doing this for a lot. Yes, and I it's I think it's because um, gay sex and the gay identity sort of been decriminalized there in the last decade. So I think that there's just oh wow okay more interest cool. in this aspect of sexuality where it's like you know we're 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 not talking about you know. Talking about, you know, oh, who's the first person you fuck? Was there a lot of cum, you know? Because there's plenty yeah. of those out there. There's tons of those kind of podcasts. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. And like, yeah. Because I've, I've done a few of those where they're like, you know, you know, uh, how old were you in the first time you had sex? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, I was 14. Do you really want to talk about that for an hour? You know? Yeah, like, yeah right. Yeah. It's like, well, again, that, that goes back to the point of what, exactly what you why you're doing it in this way is that I'm sure they appreciate the levity of it. So yeah. they're not, it, they're, the oppression isn't sort of so felt, right? Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah I can only speculate, but yeah, yeah, that's fantastic, man. That's good for you. Well, here's something that we like to do is, uh, uh, as we move on for kind of from, from that is talking about sort of comedy in general. Mm-hmm. What, uh, do you have any like one, I don't know, stories about a success story, whether it's yours or somebody else where you're like that person, I watched them and they became great or, or whatever it was, some influence that made them great. And another one is, do you have any pet peeves? You see a lot of comics. I would be so curious to know if you have any pet peeves, business side or on straight, stage. The straight comedians, it's very irritating. Just, <laughs> Just in general, the straight yeah. <laughs> Uh I've watched a lot of folks get really good here in Atlanta, like Michael Rowland. Do you know Michael? Uh, I don't think so. passed at the uh, um, cellar and has been on um, Comedy Central and right. started Michael like as an open micer in Atlanta. Yeah, Michael Rowland, okay. he's great. Mia Jackson was like yeah. the first the first show I ever went to at the Laughing Skull that I can remember when I was like, I want to do stand up. Uh, so I was like, okay, we're going to go to the Laughing Skull. I want to see who the locals are. And it was like a local, and it was it was Landry headlining, uh, who he does like cruises and and um, mm-hmm. but he's from Atlanta. He won like his first year in comedy. He won that Boston Comedy Festival. Uh, oh, Rob Hayes was feature, and Mia was like the host guest, whatever. And I remember watching Mia and Rob Hayes and being like, "Wow, Atlanta! Like the comedy is so you know what I mean." Yeah. And then I met Dulce Sloan, who's on the yeah. Street. Uh, today show the um the daily show daily show, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's on the same <laughs> um and, and like i came up with her like you know she'd been doing it a couple yeah. years longer than me when i started but yeah she's somebody who just like you just watched her like just it, it used to be like a you know just people would be like oh i i have to follow dose you know before she ever made anything of herself and i was never i was never that person i was always like i would rise to the challenge sure um, of but course yeah, she's like amazing you know and then chalet was sharp uh and some of these aren't like miss maybe well clayton english 
I've seen him since the, the probably the beginning, beginning. He won. Oh, you don't know who Clayton English. You're talking about how much you uh, love the Atlanta I, Thomas. Oh, damn. I, I'm, no, I um, may, I may know Clayton. Clayton won I love last, how he the, won, the, the shots I'm are great. Very, I'm very aggressive. <laughs> I'm a, I love I'm it. A, I'm an I'm an uppity homosexual as I was described <laughs> by my mother. I'm known uh, to be very aggressive as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Clayton, Clayton English, <laughs> he won the last season of Last Comic Standing. That's his big claim to fame. Oh, yeah. I have to know who Clayton yeah. is. Clayton's amazing. Sorry, Clayton, if he, you're listening. He was on like, I'm sure he does. He was he played like a, a jail, like a prisoner on what's the um Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. He writes on like yeah. AP bio. He was in Hawkeye. You remember? Did you do you guys watch any of the Marvel shows? You know what's I, I didn't I watch Hawkeye. I have to go. I cannot believe <laughs> of course I do. Yes, I know um, Clayton. But he's on yeah. he's on he's in Hawkeye. He plays like yeah. one of the LARPers. Yeah, yeah, he's really great. Okay. He's super funny. But he's somebody who Fantastic. like just yeah, he's come up completely since we've all first started. He actually just he lives in my neighborhood and he just bought a house in our neighborhood. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, you're doing pretty good. All right. Nice. Well, to he, my husband's been doing pretty good the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. How about how about pet peeves? What pet do you peeves. uh what what just drives uh, you up the wall? Like just call it comedians. Let's say on no, stage first. No, normally, I mean, like I wish I could uh, like normally I have a list as long as my arm. But now yeah. that you have put me on the spot, um, right? I don't like Google. Google your jokes, research. Mm. Make sure what you're saying on stage doesn't sound a little bit like an SNL sketch or a joke that somebody did in a whatever yeah. or a meme or whatever. And like, and I, and I, I, I've never known anyone to be an outright joke thief ever. But yeah. I do see a lot of stuff that I'm like. Yeah, you're that's not as original as you think it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, sure. Sure. And I think that what happens is when people when people are new, every joke they write, they're like, Oh, I created this. Yeah. And like the longer yeah, you do sure. it, the more you have to like go, ooh, I just wrote something that seemed that came out too easy. Let me go to because yeah. I go to Reddit, Twitter, and just a general Google search. And between the three of those, if you don't find anything that's remotely like it, you're pretty much good to go. In my opinion. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. good uh, for you. Yeah, I, most, I would agree. Most of what I do is like very ex- my own personal experience based. So there's almost nothing I can real. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, sure. I, I did have one time where I did a, but yeah, that's. I would say my number one pet peeve is that, and then also like, um, like bad crowd work, like people who are new who are like trying to get that <laughs> clip of them, you know, yeah. with the audience or whatever. It's like there there are people who in, in Atlanta who I love their stand-up but their crowd work is fucking garbage and i'll never book them because i don't want i don't want them ever <laughs> yeah. to talk to my audience that like that you know what i mean like right and until yeah, i yeah, see yeah. until i see the quantum leap in their crowd work that i've seen in their comedy i'm yeah there's nothing yeah. I can do here, especially you know? if there's any any sense of aggression or just uh, uh coming down on the odd that that's the one that gets me when i see crowd work where they just feel like you're being they're being a little extra shitty to oh, people. It's I like can't stand it. Like oh, I, you're the like, one going into the crowd. Why are you being a dick to them? Yeah, like, exactly. I paid you to tell yeah. jokes and be funny, not to be aggressive and rude. If that that's my job. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm and I don't even do that. I like the way I'm being with you, I would never treat an audience that way. Do you understand? Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say I would say that that like, you know, um and another pet peeve. Oh, let's just get in, we'll get all out of there. Let's Another pet peeve of mine is the um, uh, like how much people copy each other. So if you know one person mm-hmm. has a joke about something, then it's like there we're going to hear twenty of those by the end of the week. Yeah, one right, person right. comes with an original <laughs> take on something, and then everybody else is like, and sometimes sometimes that's because it's topical. 
but I do feel a lot like mm. you're, if you're choosing to talk about what everyone else is talking about, then it's on you to, to zag so far away from what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Cause if you're getting up there and, and like, I don't care if you're writing new material every week, if every week you're writing a joke that sounds like four other people's joke, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same effect as, you know, totally. show me how original you are. Don't show me how prolific you are. You know what I mean? Like, you know yeah. Saying? One of the things that, that I, that I struggle, I, I think this sort of ties in with what you're saying is there's this weird thing where not everybody has the same metric. Not everyone has the same bar of what's successful. You'll see people who like, they did fine. They walk off, be like, yo, good luck going up there. I just killed this crap. You know what I mean? Like those people who are so like hyperbolic and how they describe how they did. And it's like, well, I was Delusion. there. Delusion. Yes. Totally delusional. <laughs> and, and it would be an interesting. And all comedians have to have a sense, some sense of delusion. Right. But it's sure. on you to make sure that it's like you, you, you know, when you've stepped into like, you know, fucking Tennessee Williams level of delusion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like right. you, don't, you don't need to be fucking streetcar named desire, you know, being carted <laughs> off delusion. You need to keep it. Keep, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree yeah. with that. It's like, it's, that it's knowing how, knowing how funny you are how funny mm-hmm. you actually are not thinking you know yeah yeah i think absolutely that's sometimes that like we the comics we create little feedback loops for each other where we all tell each other we're great we ha- i had to have this happen recently yeah we had problem. somebody I, I they got off stage and i looked at them and couldn't mask my reaction so they just saw my face and they knew that i thought they bombed and then immediately after they saw me they walked past me and like three people were like, good set. Great job. You, you know, da, da. And what yeah. those people were doing was like, they were encouraging them because they were trying and they, th- everything they did on that, in that set wasn't bad. So there were some good points to it, but I'm not yeah. going to do that because if I tell you you had a good set, then you think you're going to be booked at the laughing school. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can't, yeah, you've I, don't, got- I don't have the same luxury that the other ones, right. the other folks do where you can just straight up lie to a person and tell them they did well when they <laughs> right i'm not i don't go up to people and go you bombed but i also when they look at me i you know my face was like that looked like it hurt you know what i mean like yeah you know like oh and i can't absolutely yeah 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 and that's how i learned that's how i learned i would i would never go ask somebody how did i do but i would walk through the crowd and kind of look because like sometimes you like especially when i first started the the straight comics at the time weren't super like Oh yeah, let's let this thirty-eight-year-old gay guy be in a uh, part of the <laughs> gang. Um, right. So when I would get up, like when I finally would get around to getting on Starbar and stuff, because it took me a few years to get up, I would have this thing where I would walk through the crowd after I was done, and there were comics that, like, if I did really, really well, they couldn't even look at me because they were so pissed mm. that I, you know mm. what I mean? Like, they, it should have been yeah. them up there this week. You know yeah. what I mean? They right. should have gotten those laughs. And uh, and like that's just as good as when you look at somebody and they're like, "Wow, what the fuck just happened." You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, they can't even they can't even look at me because they're mad about my having a good yeah. set. Okay? Yeah, someone told me a while back they're like, you're you're not really doing well until you know comics are pissed pissed off at you. A little bit. <laughs> you know? I mean, to some yeah. degree. I wish it wasn't like that, but it's a little true. Honestly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, jealousy it goes along with the delusion and all these other things. Well, but I would say that I we, we used to have a comic in Atlanta that was really known for being super nice when somebody was new. And um, very like, you know, uh, generous with the advice and the great jobs and here's a tag and da, da, da. until that person got good enough to then be considered for the same things that the, the, the older comic got. 
And then the minute yeah. that they were competition, it was nastiness and <laughs> hitting comments. And you know what I mean? Uh, and I promised myself awful. I would never, like, yeah. I'm never going to be, I, I can only be happy for your success, but I don't have to pay attention until you're successful. Is my, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I don't have to be on every step of the road with every single comic as they develop. Sure. Some folks I do yeah. pay a lot of attention to. And other folks, I'm like, when you, when you have your quantum leap, when you jump from one level of funding to the next, I, I, what I hope is I notice, because if yeah. I notice, then I'll start change. I'll treat you differently because you're different. Sure. You're a different. Commodity yeah, you don't have the luck. Yeah. You don't have the luxury like the, you know, so many other people who are there with their friends and, you know, they have their core and they're kind of going up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's, re that's really fascinating to, to kind of break some of that down of how, how people see themselves on stage and that honesty is well like, like, I, I feel like i know i, I feel was like that way. I, I thought, i've been yeah. doing it enough but i felt like when i was about two or three years in i thought i was a, like once i once i was consistently funny you feel very powerful in that you know what i mean and, yeah, and sure. that's yeah. where the delusion comes from it's like you're not you're like you're just getting funny and so you think you're done and you're cooked and you're no this is funny as i'm ever going to be and the reality mm -hmm. is is that that's there's no cap on that and so if, right. if you don't allow yourself to believe that you're as funny as you're going to be, then there's always room for that next joke, that next level, that next, you know, uh, putting more into your act outs, whatever it is that you, you know what I mean? Cause like, that's what yeah. I'm, that's what I noticed about myself is like, uh, there, my energy is different. You know what I'm saying? Like coming mm -hmm. back from the pandemic, like I'm much more of a willing to be weird and shout a little bit and stomp my feet and yeah. be a little mean to the audience, even though I just said, I, well, I don't do it in crowd work, <laughs> but like mean in the, like being really demonstrative in the way that I'm telling the jokes. So, it, it, yeah. By performance, not actually calling them assholes or whatever. No, no. Or well, maybe. I do a bit like where I ask <laughs> straight men how many dicks they've seen in real life. And I, and, and depending on how like uh, cute they try to be with their answers, I, I get really kind of like, like hostile to treat them like a hostile yeah. witness kind of vibe, you know. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I call them sir a lot. I'm like, how many dicks have you seen, sir? You know I mean? <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> Do you ever get real high numbers where they're like, I'm, I'm in it. I'm, I play. I'm oh, the funniest to me was maybe one of the first times I did it. What I always do is it's such a cheap, <laughs> cheap. It's like the cheap, you know, the, it's those cheap bits that make the stuff funny. Uh, whatever number you give, if somebody goes 50 dicks, I'll go, do I have 51 dicks? 51 dicks, right? <laughs> um, but one guy, oh, that's one time, great. Right? 51, 51. <laughs> twice. Um, and then he, there was a guy that said 13 dicks. He was like in the front row at the skull and the guy sitting right next to him. One guy said 13 dicks, which I think is a re respectable number, right? Anything okay. less than like two, you're homophobic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're actually <laughs> avoiding dicks like that. That's good. <laughs> but, uh, um, but this guy, this one guy, he went, the guy went 13 and the other guy went bullshit, like real, like aggressive, like screaming. And I was like, okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going <laughs> just on here? Happened. What's happening? Yeah, He's like, well, I've seen way more dicks than that. And I was like, okay, how many dicks have you seen? And he screamed just like this, 1,000 dicks. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I was like, obviously they've really uh, affected you. Um, and then like through the course of talking to him for a couple of seconds, He's a urologist. Oh, so that's oh why he's seen God. a thousand dicks. And I was like, uh, you chose this life. I was born into this game. Do you understand? You right. see more dicks than me professionally, you know, like, I don't know. But yeah, oh, so it's, it can be a lot of fun. It can be a lot of fun. That's beautiful, man. And then well, I've had how people be like, get, get upset. Like I, one guy was like, 
the last dick I saw was my father on his deathbed. I was like, was that his last wish? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's that is, how, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, thanks for coming to the comedy show and ruining it. <laughs> yeah that's uh wow they were trying to get that out for a long time yeah right uh well how do how do people find you outside of uh comedy ian.com you on the socials you active on this pudding is what they find me um <laughs> <laughs> no you can find me at a bear comedian on tiktok instagram and twitter and that's a b e a r c o m e d i a n um and i'm on twitter and um i've been fucking around with tiktok I got a, a um one one post that got like two point one million views or something. So yes. whoa, with my TikTok, wow. yeah, I've been trying to post much stuff there. I got my podcast weekly. Very good. People, um, and then if you're in Atlanta, come to one of my shows on the second Thursday, second and fourth Thursdays at Church Bar at um, Sister Louise's Church. It's at ten o'clock. It's a free show and it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah. It's so much fun. Uh, I, you y'all will thank me later for having uh, Ian on the podcast because he's uh, he's hysterical, as you heard. And uh, I mean, yeah, success is uh, it's just a matter of when, not if, my friend. I think you're really, really funny. And I wish you all the success. Thanks for being. And we'll, I'll see you in Atlanta before long. And I know you're coming. You're coming up to do our show. Yeah. And you're John, in, Jonathan you're Williams. in Atlanta like at, at the end of the month, right? At the end of this month. Yeah, yeah. I'll be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Laughing I'm coming to your show. And yeah. Absolutely. And I yeah. want to come back. More, I can't wait. More to uh, Charlotte just in general. It's a lovely town. The Queen Absolutely. City, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> so many of us love that name. So many. Yeah, right. I don't think like it at all. It's right. funny. Uh, well, listen, you, you are the best. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. And uh, Brian, do we have anything uh, else to shout out about? uh jason this will mean absolutely nothing to our uh the people who are listening to the podcast but i can't help but wonder how we should that definitely portrait, say can't help but wonder how that portrait of ian got on the on the credentials i've been you. wondering that the whole fucking time <laughs> right right like, can i do a screenshot real quick yeah, yeah do of it of course absolutely yeah, point at the point at that picture again like that all right okay let me do my head like <laughs> I'll send that. It really, it is uncanny. It's really it is, kind of it amazing, is, right? It is. He's got the jaunty cap. In I was wearing that hat just a fucking couple minutes ago. God, <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. All right, Ian, you're the best, Brian. Uh, it's great to see you again, my friend. With uh, all the stuff behind you, the tchotchkes, we're all in our homes here. This is fantastic. That has been the amazing show, the Comedy Zone podcast. Uh, everybody, be funny and be safe, and we'll see y'all next week. Thanks. Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.